Good morning and welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together, shall we, as our campuses join us via the video signal this morning. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning, as well as those over at Appleton and Stevens Point. Uh, good morning to you guys, and I uh, trust that you're having a blessed service today. Uh, this time of the year, every year, we take a service where we just try to honor uh, those who have served in our country and to celebrate the freedoms that we all share as Americans on our patriotic uh, Sunday. Uh, today, we have a special guest speaker, Greg Stubbe. Many of you know who he is. Many of you do not. Let me give you a little bio on Greg. Gregory Allen Stubbe enlisted into the U.S. Army Infantry in July of 1988. He was selected for the Green Berets in November of 1992. He trained as a Special Forces Medical Sergeant. Training included surgery, anesthesia, trauma management, pharmacology, minor dentistry, and veterinarian. I don't know what the veterinarian part of it's about, but... Uh, in case a chicken is wounded in battle. I don't know what the deal is. But uh, he got all of this training uh, in order to help the A-team function where there is no doctor. Uh, he also attended defense language training, acquiring proficiency in the Russian language, which was maintained throughout his special forces career. He went on to receive additional skill training as a dive medical technician at the Special Forces Underwater Operations. In the last service, I said Special Forces Underwear Operations. I don't know. <laughs> you, you have no idea what it's like to be talking to a group of people, thinking one thing and hearing something else come out of your mouth. I'm sure he did get good underwear training from his mama. And what was lacking was taken up by his wife. But I, I don't think that's what the Army did. Special Forces Underwater Operations. He's a frogman, apparently, as well. Additionally, if that wasn't enough, he was a career parachutist, earning the qualification of jump master and was ultimately awarded the Master Parachutist Badge. He also served as an initial developer and trainer for Special Forces Urban tr Advanced Urban Combat Training. Weapons and shooting remained at the core of Special Forces proficiency and competency throughout his career on the teams. Greg spent years in hostile fire zones with Special Forces throughout the 90s. He then served as cadre in the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center and School. And while serving in combat operations in the global war on terror, Greg was wounded in Afghanistan during Operation Medusa. 
His A-team encountered overwhelming number of Taliban fighters in a battle that lasted several days. His wounds from a remotely detonated IED in enemy fire seemed fatal, but instead he survived to endure months of hospitalization and surgeries. Huge wounds to his abdomen, hip, and pelvis eventually closed. His nearly severed leg was restored, and extensive full thickness burns were grafted. Greg has since retired after 23 years of service to become the host of his own television show on NBC Sports entitled Coming Home with Greg Stubbe. Since the conclusion of the TV series, he has stayed in close contact to his beloved military community at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, keeping in tune to current defense trends and now pursues active ministry opportunities in his life. But more importantly than all of that, he is my friend. Would you please welcome Greg Stubbe. Now sit down and be quiet. <laughs> I don't know what makes you feel strong here today, but you know, for a lot of us, there's something that makes us feel strong, even though other people can't see it. You don't know it's there. For me, it's my special forces underwear. <laughs> That's right. Now the only thing I'm really worried about is is that how Mark sees me? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> We're not going there. <laughs> God bless America. It's great to be here with you today. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very special place for me and my family. Uh, real special. Uh, with one issue caveat. See, I live in the South. I have most of my life. And down there... Uh, most people believe that y'all Yankees have some issues. And uh, I'm all good. Everything's been fine except one thing. You know, I've, I've been coming here now for several years. And none of you has invited me to go hunting or fishing or shooting. And I'm thinking, man, maybe they're right. You bunch of Yankees. Don't y'all know that's good fellowship? <laughs> Let's get outside and do stuff together. No, I really enjoy outdoor activities, particularly with young people, you know, teaching good responsibility and good safety. And when you get outside, it's nothing but what God made. It's not all the distractions of man-made junk to take your mind off of things. I really like it when what you learn and what you do and the fellowship you share is in the context of what God made. And it allows us the opportunity to feel as small as we really are. And maybe we'll have a better chance of serving something greater than ourselves. And I think that's what our free country is based on. I'm very, very proud to be an American citizen. I was proud to be an American soldier. Uh, I live in a country that was founded 
on principles set forth by God and the Bible. And we all stand for freedom that couldn't possibly come from anything but God, much less be taken away. And so in this country, we have a long history of defending God-given freedom all over the world, everywhere. Even when it doesn't directly impact us, we don't fight out of anger or vengeance. We fight out of love and compassion. We love freedom and we have compassion for the human condition, period, anywhere, all the time. I'm very proud of that, and I hope you are too. And sacrifice is a constant where service exists. And if you're thinking strictly in military terms, let me correct you this morning. Because the fabric of our nation is not made up of military uniforms and weapons. The fabric of our nation and the origins of service have a lot more to do with our Creator and God serving Him. And then, sorry, I don't want to disappoint any of you macho men, (laughs) but service doesn't go from there to a dude carrying a gun. Service goes from, from God and our Creator straight to Mama. Mama. Because if ever there was a picture of service, selfless service, above self and beyond sacrifice, it's Mama. Because mama was taking care of us from the time we couldn't take care of ourselves at all. Then we grew older and we could take care of ourselves, but we still didn't. We let mama do it. (laughs) Yep. And some of us marry a woman that's as close to mama as we can get because we still won't be taken care of. (laughs) It ain't no secret. (laughs) It's a, and it's a wonderful thing, but we shouldn't take it for granted. So, God bless mamas, all of you. And, and men, we should think more like women. We should fight more like women. Yeah. But only if we want to win. Uh, it shouldn't take that long to learn, guys. Listen, service is important to us. It, it is who we are as a culture under God. And what are we serving? And how far are we willing to serve it? What are we willing to sacrifice? And we should be tested, and we should be putting ourselves in position to be tested more. How far are we willing to go? What are we willing to do in God's name, or in the name of freedom, or in the name of kindness, in the name of love, love thy neighbor? It's important. It's everything we are. And I suggest to you today, as we approach Independence Day, that's what the fabric, of free, the fabric of our free nation is made of. It's not Fort Bragg, where I still live. It's Fort Living Room, where you live today. And if you question that, if you don't think that who you are and what you do is important, then I want you to consider the day that soldiers are no longer willing to fight for this country, that no one's willing to step up and volunteer. Because what's going on at Fort Living Room ain't worth defending. Really? Is that what we're headed towards? So the significance of your everyday life and your service as a citizen, it's critical. It is of incredible importance. Now, 
I had to learn to surrender. And that's the one thing that no one ever taught me as a boy, a man, or even a soldier, especially a soldier. Who would think surrender would be one of your watchwords? But as Christians and Americans, I think it's essential to our success and vital to our victory that we surrender right off the bat. Surrender to our faith and surrender to love because those are the only truly strong things we have. You see, I thought I was tough. I thought I was strong. But there really aren't any tough human beings out there because we're all made of flesh and blood and it tears, breaks, burns. It, It goes away. And I learned that the hard way. And I learned that there's a very fine line between tough and stupid. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Some of you are pushing it right now, I think. Uh, I bet. So I I don't want you to get blown up and burned and shot within the span of a few seconds to figure any any of this out. And and I'm no expert on anything. Please, I'm a lay person to to the nth degree. I'm here to serve. And I believe that the things I learned um, are through God. God allowed me the opportunity to see this. God allowed the chip to be knocked off my shoulder. And... I started having some some issues lately about validation for what I did in my military career. And I started worrying, gosh, with some of the recent decisions on a national level. In the political arena, can I still say that, that what I did was worthwhile? And I mentioned that to Mark, that I was concerned. What am I gonna say to people these days if I don't even believe that what I did matters and he jumped up in the air 10 feet high put his feet together and planted them in my chest I haven't seen Mark affected by very much like that but but I could see I could hear he was really leaning forward in a way to tell me listen are you crazy Do you think that what we do day by day isn't important just because there was a failure at some level in some place at some time? Life is about failure. If you fail, if you fall, if something doesn't work out, if you spend your life working on a career and then you're prematurely terminated for whatever reason, or if you wind up divorced after years of raising children, if you serve your country in these places and then all the gains that were fought for, everyone that died for those gains, well, it gets put into question when we give all that up. You see what I'm saying? There's a, there's a certain element of loss and compromise as we go. But should we compromise our own character for that? Should we underestimate the value of what we were bringing to the table all those years in raising our children, in defending freedom, in showing people love and compassion, whether it's personal or professional, if you're acting as a servant, you're doing good works. And that's worth so much more in the end than a simple outcome. Thank God we live in a place where we can choose another course of action 
and minister to other people in other sectors as we work other jobs and, and work towards other missions and other goals. And there's no limit to the number of people that, that we can shine the light on. Be the salt and light, right? I've heard that before. So <clears throat> I feel like I came through a lot to feel this way. I feel like uh, I was humbled when, when I did get blown up, burned, and shot. And I had to face my young bride. And, and if you've heard this before, I'm sorry. I don't want to belabor you with it. Um, and I don't feel like a victim. I'm not. But I went from a hero to a zero in about 0.2 seconds. And I couldn't wipe my own butt, couldn't take care of myself. And, and she was doing that for me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, did I have it wrong? What is service really about? And, and really, it lives at Fort Living Room, where the Bible is sitting on the coffee table. <laughs> it's right at home here. This is the fabric of the nation. So if you've ever felt like you had no power, like you had no say in any of these national issues, if you've ever felt like that, well, I was never in the military, uh, well, I was never in war, or I was never wounded, I have no right to speak about that, hogwash. If there's anyone on the planet that has a right to speak about it, it is you. It is the American citizen. If you've ever paid your taxes, raise your hand. Any attorneys here? If you've ever paid taxes, you, you were the one responsible for me getting a paycheck for the ammunition that I shot in training and in combat for the weapons and equipment, the vehicles, everything that I ever did in the military, in the name of service to this country, you paid for as a taxpayer. You are the commander of Fort Living Room. And it is because of you that we've chartered your American military team to go to work and fight for your interests. So if you're not willing to speak up and state what you would expect from your military, and its veterans who are here in society with you today, boy, you're giving up a lot. Because I work for you, and I was serving you, and I feel like if I learned anything, any of these lessons learned on the battlefield, I owe them back to my American society. Why should we reinvent the, the wheel all the time? I'm not prepared to give up what I consider to be an American institution of leadership that we have in our combat veterans. I don't think we should all become victims. And I think you should expect more of us. If we've overcome our fear of dying to accomplish the objectives that keep Americans safe and free, shouldn't we be using those things to the betterment of the society? And aren't we the most gifted people in the world to be received, reunited with, welcomed and accepted back into the country that we swore was worth fighting and dying for? We already have so many benefits. Okay, they might be a little slow. But we have more going for us 
than anyone else in the country, more advantages, not just VA home loans and preference and federal employment and VA care and everything else that we get. Um, I'm telling you, there's a lot of benefits in it for us and for our families. But, but more than that, we have the benefit of what we learned while serving this country, and we owe it back. If you look, if you look on, the, on the Purple Heart Award, the, the service medal for being wounded by enemy actions, what's on that Purple Heart? Anybody know? Who's on that medal? George Washington. The profile of George Washington, General George Washington, President George Washington, is on the Purple Heart. Why? <laughs> Why? Not just because he forgot the duck, too. <laughs> it's, it's because he served a lifelong career. I just realized who you were. Hello. Love you guys. He served a lifelong career in the military as a general. And do you think he was victorious? Do you think he just won everything he touched? No. What a terrible, terrible, hard career. He had miserable, exhausting failures and losses and de embarrassing defeats. But he stuck with it until the day America became an independent country. Right? And we appreciated that so much as a people here that we begged him, American, the newly formed America, begged him to be the first president. And he didn't want to do it. He had to wear glasses. And as a military commander, he was embarrassed by that. It wasn't in keeping with, with military honor and traditions for a commander to have to wear spectacles. But his, his eyes had grown old and tired in the service of the country. But he still served. He brought everything he had back home to America and served as our first president. And what an honorable Christian man. I'd like to think that we want that from our veterans. Are we getting it? It's a good question. So today I want to empower you as a citizen and tell you that you have the reins. It is your country. And the military is here to serve you. So yes, your honor is awesome. Your loyalty, your respect, all of these things that you give us, it validates our service. It's awesome. But it's not the end of the story. You don't drive into IBM and give the credit for the success of the company to the security guard at the gate. Now do you? It's the fabric of this nation that makes us good. And it's you, the citizenry, that weaves that fabric. Let's do it well enough at home that it's still worth defending worldwide. So tag, you're it. You're on watch at Fort Living Room. Get at your post. And don't let down any of these cultural values. Don't be quiet. Don't be limited by people that, that speak against our value system. In fact, speak up. Speak up. For one, insist more from your veterans. Because I'll speak for myself. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. I'm a volunteer. 
And I think by definition, if you volunteer for something, you really can't be a victim. So stop it with the sympathy. Knock it off. Because I'm not wounded. Wounded is not an identity. It's, it's not a destination. And it better not become a character. Sympathy, if it pays at all, it's very short term. And ask Pastor Gunger where you can find sympathy. He's laughing because it's in the dictionary between, between two key words. Uh, listen, so, so don't, don't be so delicate with your veterans because if, if serving your country means that now you're broken and dysfunctional, boy, what kind of future is that? Don't. Don't disrespect me like that. I think any veteran in this room would tell you we don't want that um, because we have more to offer than that. So if your character is going to prevail, if you're going to win in holding up the fabric of this nation, it's going to take a little more leadership. It's going to take you standing up. We've got big forces against us, and I always say it whenever I get the chance. When you can recognize and identify an enemy of the state, an enemy to our faith and core values, it doesn't mean you should instantly change the channel or plug your ears so you can't hear or close your eyes so you can't see. No. The Lord has indicated that we should be as wise as the serpent, yet innocent as doves. And we need to be that. How can you be wise as a serpent? Well, isn't it bad to be anything near a serpent? Well, it doesn't mean become a serpent. But if the forces against us are a lot more wary, if they know the terrain better than we do, they know more about us than we know about them. You see, we're here every week. Anyone can come in here and sit down and listen. And they can get real smart on what our objectives are. And it's simple. Love the Lord and love each other. Believe. Have faith. And you got a shot at eternal life. Wow, what a gift. What a gift. And we can't pay for it. So I think our side is pretty simple to understand and really easy to gain access to. In fact, I bet you'd even ask Bill Maher to come to church. But are you stopping a bit to listen to what he is promoting? Do you hear what these people are saying to each other? Do you hear? Do you know what they say about us? Do you know how they try to discredit our belief in the Bible and God himself? Do you know? Do you understand what their position is? Most of us don't because we turn away from it. It's bad. We believe in what we believe. And we're right. In the meanwhile... CNN is looking for the dumbest bumpkin here. And they want you to speak to the camera. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, give us a little bit more. Well, y'all heathens, and the Bible's right. Y'all going to hell. We ain't. And, and when words like that get thrown around in open society, it misrepresents us because it sounds pretty hateful. And Christianity is about love. God is love. 
And we're not representing ourselves well enough because A, maybe we're not reading the Bible enough. B, we're not paying attention to the forces against us. So we can't possibly present an intelligent, an intelligent argument as to why we're right. If you don't know anything, I cannot imagine going into battle without knowing what kind of weapons the other army has. What kind of terrain will we be in? Will it be open desert? Will it be jungles? Will it be mountains? What will they be shooting at us? You know, how have they been trained? What are the ways that they've fought before? How are they planning to fight against us? If there's any of this that we could ever know going into battle, wouldn't we try to learn it? So I tell you, you may not want to hear some of the bad words. You may not want to hear some of what they say about God and Christianity. But you better be willing to listen. You better educate yourself because the forces are there. And if you don't understand them, we'll be overtaken. So your ministry is dead if it stays within four walls. Um, I love you all. And every time I come here, I get a different feeling. It's, uh, it's the same feeling, but different. And I was telling the pastor that no matter where I've been, I always felt like what was happening during worship in so many places, it's confined to within the four walls of, of, of wherever we're worshiping. But here, boy, I get the unique sense that this is, this is an open community and you represent the greater region around us and that nobody here feels like it's us against the world because there's too much love in the room for that. I, and I really can see that you want everybody to come to church. <laughs> and, and you're willing to minister to anyone out there. I love it. I love the way you treat me, except for not hunting and fishing. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that out loud, sorry. Uh, uh, so is it worth it? I've had to ask myself that question. It is worth it. It is worth it. And it's my estimation as I travel around this great country and I meet people just like you, you're holding up Fort Living Room pretty well. And you're raising your kids the right way and you're loving on your neighbors and you're going to church. Um, and it's not that, that that seat right there is not a path to heaven. Um, that's not it. It's not a piece of furniture. But it's the way you posture your heart and the way a guy like Pastor Lathan and Pastor Mark, I don't know, you can see that they're led because they're always happy. You can see that they're, they're called because they live it. When you, I get to be with them a lot. And you probably heard in my bio that I learned a little bit of veterinary medicine too. Well, professionally, that was good overseas because a lot of people put high value in their livestock. But I had no idea that after I retired, I would meet friends like Mark where veterinary science comes into play too. Listen, happy Independence Day. You are free. We are free. First, because we work as a team to follow God's will for us. And that's what allowed us to be free 
as a country. Then we've chartered a military that represents goodness, and they fight for good things to defend what we have. But if we don't hold it up on our end, it's all a failure, and pretty soon people will stop volunteering. So be your best and love people even when you think you don't like them. You know who they are. Mm -hmm. They're stealing your oxygen right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they make this terrible noise. It's actually just talking, but it sounds that way to you. Mm -hmm. Don't wait for tragedy to recognize that your actual commonalities are 10 times greater than your perceived differences. Because we are great together. United we stand. Divided we fall. In one nation under God. Happy Independence Day.